Once upon a time, on a podcast long, long ago, the movie crew discussed a movie that they all finally agreed on. Tonight, we talk about Ever After, a Cinderella story. Many presumptuous that we're all going to agree on it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means we agreed to watch it, that's all. You, no trouble. Me, Supreme You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit or your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Welcome to the podcast, the Movie Crew Podcast, Movie Makers Talking Movies. We're your host, I'm Editor Brian Elkins, with me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am wonderful. Feeling romance in the air. Yeah, dude. <sighs> we also have with us director of photography, Mike Griggs. Brian, that's just me in the air. I'm, I am the romance. Oh, you, you look just like I'll Cupid. take credit for it. <laughs> Mike's wearing a diaper. He's got a bow. No, no. I'm about Yards to. Yards of fabric, to, and I still feel naked. I know. I'm about to try the shoe on your foot and see how it feels. <laughs> and we also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Here we are talking the 1998 Cinderella story. Ever after. Ever after a Cinderella story. Technically, that's not the title. Multiple Cinderellas. There more than, there's more than one. Yeah, the on-screen title is "Ever After." I don't know what this marketing bullshit is. "Ever After: Colon <laughs> A Cinderella Story." Hey, hey, hey! If, even yep. if you go to IMDb, yep. it's listed as that. So that's that, because the marketing people change the shit that turns into IMDb. 20th Century Fox is like nobody's gonna know it's a Cinderella story. If we put the slipper in the trailer, they're just not gonna put the dots together. Right, right. Forget the dialogue at the beginning of the fucking movie where she's like, let me tell you how this is a Cinderella story. Then you don't deserve her. (laughs) If you don't get it, Brian, you don't deserve her. Why are we talking about this movie again? What what, 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 what are we doing? We're doing... uh... Because this is a film... That we all love. That's why we're talking about it. We're talking uh, about it because I'm being we're very doing fairy tale movies for the rest okay. of the And we got to start out there with the go. most strong, the strongest fairy tale film ever made. 
strongest That's quite ever a statement, made. But also, never-ending story. Pretty wholesome. Wants its shit back. This is pretty wholesome, which we've already done. We already did that. That's what I'm this saying. But that's a fairy tale, though. A nice palate cleanser after The Exorcist. Mm. Yes, good God, we all needed that's that. Also, Fuck. that. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's just say that this will be a month of smiles. <laughs> <laughs> it is starting very strong. We'll throw a black Christmas in or something. You know, we got we to liven things up. A little bit of murder every now and again. <laughs> we'll get there. I think we have some murderous fairy tales coming up. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this movie Krampus? starts with death. This does start with death. Yeah. Or just with really <laughs> awkward fitting gloves. Awkward like, fitting I gloves? My, I can't get the glove all the way in. My hand's just flexing. And then he falls off his horse for no apparent reason. Well, because the glove. It's a heart attack. The glove killed him. I know. Him. I know. He had a heart attack. That's- the opening did have me uh, a little worried. The prologue is probably the worst part of the entire movie. That's fair. That's fair. No, I was actually very worried, and then it started, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to hate every second of it. Are you talking about the little kid, bad bad kid acting, or is it like... Papa! Just... It's just Papa! everything. Oh, it's okay. It, like, the whole the whole beginning, it, it kind of looks smaller, because you're only seeing, like, one side of the house, you know? They're, they're, I mean... It's really quick prologue too. It's not like we're spending a lot of time. We're not setting up the location a whole lot. But uh, I don't know. Just the whole thing feels cheesy, rote, and I didn't get the emotional pull of the dad dying right away. It just felt it felt like a Hallmark movie, and I was like, oh no, this movie's gonna be crappy. But I will say, compared to last week, Angelica Houston's acting as the mother who's torn between the life that she clearly doesn't want, the daughter she doesn't know if she wants, the husband who just died. Like, she has all of this range on her face. Oh, yeah. And they did not have any bit of the exorcism. Well, more, more in the eyebrows Absolutely. than the face. With the guy and his like, father. It's all eyebrows with her. Well, <laughs> still, that's that's very talented. If, if all you have to do is move an eyebrow and you can convey that much. Do you actually think that she, like, like, she even says she doesn't care about, you know, Danielle. So she's just evil. And she likes. She hides. She. It. I think she. I think she descends evil. into evil, in in yeah. in that moment when she finally like tells Danielle, "No, I don't want you." That is her being like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm done with all this shit." She's been she's been struggling to. She's been feeling guilty is probably the best word for it for a decade. Well, I think the other thing that I was really noticing on this viewing was. She clearly comes from money. I don't know how she ended up at that house, how she ended up marrying that guy, the farmer, but she clearly has stepped down in life. And that's what she says when he dies is, I can't be, I don't want to be trapped here. Like, don't leave me here. And so we are, we, uh, you know, what, 10, 15, 20 years have passed. And I don't know how these people are. And... (laughs) she's she's still like she's comfortable with where she is but she's so tired of it and yeah i think her descent into evilness is also just her being like exhausted with her life in general Mm. and she pins all of her hopes on marguerite who is lacking but can act well enough to pass and i think and she has pinned everything on that one daughter and so yeah when she tells danielle she doesn't care like i don't know that she's i mean she is evil I'm not defending her. But also, I think there's a lot more nuance that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, she instantly made her stepdaughter into like a fucking servant with like, you know, with everybody else. The guy, Kristen, the guy who consoles her when her when her newly husband dies, who hugs her, who, who's there for her. She fucking sells him off into fucking slavery. Maurice. Maurice. She's the money. Did you miss Duncan that from fucking. She, from she sells Robin fucking Hood. everything. 
We're gonna send yeah, you over to America. Candlesticks. She needed the money. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Sorry, Maurice. I just don't think she cares about any of these people. Like, yes, these people are, but that's. I think that's kind of the other thing is all of these people are so excited to gain her as the new, like, what headmistress? I don't know. That's like a school. She's what do you the call the Baroness? The Baroness. Sure, they're also excited to have her there. And again, she's clearly stepping down. She's clearly like. Usually you marry it for money, and she's clearly not marrying for money, so I was actually very confused by this. Was she not marrying for money? I thought she was marrying for money. He, he, he's not like royalty. Okay, these royalty, people don't seem but, to have but, any money. But, but he, he's a landowner. He has, he has the, the house and he's all that land, stuff. Like a land. Okay. Well, they have like, a farm, and they're, all they're selling the, the vegetables. Her outfit, if you look at the way she's dressed, if you look at the way her children are dressed, if you look at how they're presenting themselves, they're presenting themselves as people with a lot more money than Danielle and her dad. And so for her to end up on that farm, they must be in like a really bad situation for her well, to I mean, to that marriage. I, I think it, it, it you could sensibly draw a through line from where she got in her life to need to marry the farmer to where she got 10 years after the farmer died with the, trying to get through his money. Like clearly whatever money she had left after her first situation was gone. So she has always yeah. lived beyond her means. She has always pushed for the things around her to be nicer than they are uh, to the expense of wow. those around her. I think that's that's communicated pretty well from all the well, things okay. that you're saying. Yes, I agree with that. I just I just feel like she has the social standing and she presents herself well enough that she could have married better is all I'm saying. I'm oh, yeah. Surprised. No, that's 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 that a really I'm good saying. point. Yeah. No, you're really correct. Yeah, you are absolutely yeah. correct. Yes. And I think it's actually interesting because it's very possible that her previous husband also died immediately and she just lived off of his money for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Marguerite and Jacqueline look nothing alike. <laughs> How many husbands has she gone through? <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, you're saying this wasn't a heart attack the dad died from? <laughs> I did actually wonder that. Those were poisoned gloves. I did took wonder if she week. poisoned him. <laughs> took her a week. But she seemed distraught enough that I was like, yeah. no, she didn't. No, no, no. It's okay. No, man. She looked over and her new husband is like looking over at his daughter like, I love you to her and doesn't give a fuck. Dude, about that, yeah. that I, I fucking love that moment, man. Like what a, what a wonderful way to just convey so much in just a short little moment and give so much like motivation to everybody. Well, and honestly, th- I think that moment, if you really had to pick it, I think that moment is when she was like, you're going to be the servant because fuck yep. you. <laughs> yep. Yep. A hundred percent. Absolutely. You're going to be the servant. How, how did she go about making her the servant? That is kind of weird. I guess like she's she has the it's land a now. Slow manipulation. She's yeah. like, you know, I'm, it would be helpful for the, the house for you to do this. And, you know, the best thing, the best way to honor your father's memory is for you to, uh, you know, help help prepare bread in his absence and bullshit like that, man. That's how yeah. that's how those kinds of people get you. That's. Yeah. It's slow. It's a, it's a slow convincing of, of their way. Because did you see when Danielle refused to to work? And so she mm-hmm. turned to her other daughter and was like, can you just go boil the water? Like, it's so simple. It's such an easy yeah. request. That's how yeah. it starts. I don't know. So They, they needed some, uh, some world learning. <laughs> Looked like they were a little too comfortable sitting behind their, uh, their breakfast plates and dinner plates with their... Four-minute eggs. Why is there no salt on this table? <laughs> I asked for a four-minute egg, not four. One-minute eggs. I did like the reveal that she, she's uh, <laughs> Angelica Houston is the one 
hawking all this shit from the fucking house, and she's also docking her <laughs> workers' pay. Like yeah. that convinced me up front. Like, oh, okay, so it's not it's not the evil stepmom. She's obviously not selling it. No, 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 no. no. She's docking the pay, so she's See, she's it- also. And you said she wasn't good with money, Mike. Come on. <laughs> oh, so no, no, no. She's, no. she's great out. Yeah. with money. She's just, she just, <laughs> she wants to live with more than she has ever had. Well, you know, you, you throw a little bit of human uh, life in with the money as well. You know, we, we can sell some people. She's pretty good with that. She's got debts to pay off, man. Well, it's because true. that's one of the things that I was actually confused on. And I, maybe I just don't know my French like titles very well. But if. She's a baroness. That would make him a baron, right? And wouldn't yeah. Danielle then have a title? She should, yeah, right? Because so, I thought when she gave the title, like the very first like years ago when I saw this, when she gave the name with the title to the prince. Contest Nicole. Thought, yeah, I thought that it was a real title because I thought she had a title too. And that yeah. goes back to my thing of like if she's a baroness, like why is she marrying someone who doesn't have a title? He should have a title, and then Danielle should too. I mean, but I don't. Maybe I don't know my friend. I think so. So the way I have always read it was her mother's title, like the Contest de, um, Nicole Delancre. That was should have probably been her title as well. And the the stepmom convinced her she didn't have one. Like maybe she was too young to learn about it. Maybe she forgot about it. Maybe her stepmom just gaslit her for a decade, and she realized that you know. Um, and so. I've always found it interesting that like everyone in court responds to her as if she is this woman who was literally her mother. She just didn't know, didn't know her mother. She knew her, but so it seems like that would have been her standing in the entire you know place had she just stepped into her power and her her stepmother just gaslit her from feeling that. Which is kind of amazing. Like kudos to the stepmom for being super evil. If that's what happened. Like, that is a level of manipulation that's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I was, I was, <laughs> no, I was, it's like real... That's like, that's, that's, like, if that's actually what happened, like, that's great. I think that's a really great villain move that I don't think I've seen before. Didn't stop Danielle from being able to throw a fucking apple like a motherfucker. She knocked that dude straight off his horse. Yeah. You didn't like that? No, no, that's fine. Just fine, though. It is weird. Like I don't know. They don't really do anything with that scene. I guess. What do you mean? I guess the, the stepmother rest of knows. All the interactions are set no, up. No, it comes that. back at the end. He's, he's like, "Oh, you're yeah. the girl with the apple." At the end, when he finally like realizes. Yeah, but that, that yeah. doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Like nothing would come from that. Like if you cut that scene out of the movie, what what would change? Nothing, right? I mean, it's not they, like they fall in love in that scene. It's not like any piece of information is shared or a revelation is gained. Um, hmm. the only thing you I get that scene. You can get that scene when the the stepmother like pushes her down and confronts her, and somebody's in trouble. You know that scene. Yeah, you do get that scene, and also you get the scene, the next scene where he meets her as you know when she's all dressed up and everything. But he's he, he that's why part of the reason he stops because he's like, you look so familiar, don't I know yeah. you? Yeah, I I think that scene sets up several moments of of conveying that he just doesn't notice anyone who's a commoner. That's why he forgets about her immediately. Also, you know, he was obviously in pain. But and then the stepmom yelling at her. I think it says a lot about her character. Like it, the, the fact that she's willing to she recognizes that someone is stealing a horse. Like that's that's pretty aware in the first place. And then the, she knows exactly where he's going to go. So she cuts him off. So she knows her land really well. And then she can she has enough 
strength to throw an apple and knock this dude off a fucking horse. Uh, I think that's she's it's a great like kind of no, she's a badass. She's a badass who knows her place because as soon as she recognizes 100% the royalty, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You can kill me if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also he, kind of badass, actually. <laughs> he looks down and like, shit, she can see the, the logo on my shirt. Oh, no. I should have changed. God damn it. Here, have all my gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how else would she have gotten the money to free Maurice? Which sets off all the rest of the hullabaloo. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it was a little weak sauce. I don't know. I, I think Henry is the, the character, the Prince Henry is the, is the character that I kind of have the hardest time with in the, in the movie, just how he's written. There's a couple moments where he has these turns that he has to do that are, are just real hard pills for me to swallow throughout the movie. The, like what? Uh, the, the main one that I really have a hard time with is like, I, I think, the the prince and Daniel they they have such great chemistry when Drew Barrymore and Doug Gray Scott are looking at fucking each other's eyes like you you believe there's love there you know they sell you on it and then when she shows up at the ball and Angelica Houston comes out and she's like no she's a fucking commoner the way he treats her and snaps and just switches so quickly and just becomes a dick. Well, he's in front of all those people, bro, and he's been lied to. But he does his you know, ego. Is his ego? Yeah, it's all of his ego. No, no, no. What just, I had no trouble with like, was I, I when he comes back. Lips? Yeah, he's oh, like, no, he's like, actually, I'm so sorry. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. It's cool. We're good. Like that's the, the one that I had a lot of trouble. Are you talking about just his killed that guy at the end of the castle? movie? <laughs> I like to I, think that she stabbed that dude, and that he's, he's bleeding out in there. Oh my god! And she's yeah. just like she's just like bubbly locking out, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, okay, so sorry, Kristen, you don't think that him coming up and apologizing he, at the end that of the was movie? not a real apology. I would have been like, yo, you know, you're gonna have to like, like, is this a real apology? Like, you know, you're gonna have to like bring me in front of all these people that you just had this your whole fit in front of your whole little tantrum in front of, like, like. Yeah, I had I had issues with that because she's just like it's not his apology was not good. Um, he was. I just, mean, it might not have been a great apology, but it was still a fucking actual apology. He wasn't yeah, like, "I'm sorry that not, you thought I was wrong." Okay, he's not a. It's not the apology. Dick. It's the turn that's the problem. Like he's just such a dick out of nowhere. Like he he spends the whole movie not caring what his dad's gonna do. Like he's just like, I don't want this fucking kingdom. I don't want this shit. You know, like I just want my fucking privileged status, and that's what I want. It, that's how much of a spoiled dick he, he is the whole movie. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's fucking, true. he doesn't even want the responsibilities that give him the privilege. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and Drew Barrymore is making him see people as as real. And then like the minute like it's like, oh, well, you're my servant. He just becomes a dick. I'm like, no, because like, he was caught off guard, man. He, didn't, he didn't No, that's no, bullshit, because- bro. That's not how we tell <laughs> stories. Don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> He was caught off guard. This ain't real life. This is fucking storytelling. No. Yeah, actually, story. it would have been way better if, like, like he was too stunned to do anything. And then, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe yeah. the stepmom drug her off. And then he yeah. had to go find her. That would have been a much better way to tell the story. I could see that. That's Yeah, that's a really interesting point. He's just, like, fucking dumbfounded for the first time right. in his life. Doesn't know what to say. I don't know. He's kind of dumbfounded. There. So, okay, hold on. Is Drew Barrymore the original Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Because... What? In this movie... Like, from something else or from this? No, from this. Because 
she's just like walking around in her own world like oh my god i'm just high on life and he's like oh my god i just want to like throw everything away and follow you around and well to be fair he wanted to throw everything away before he met her Fair. She just gave him a reason to stick around closer to the castle when he Fair. was throwing everything away. But usually those relationships are not good. <laughs> those relationships are really bad. <laughs> you, Especially you, when you we look at how he reacted. This is a fairy tale, right? I know. I know. Um, I didn't hate it. I was just thinking about that when I was watching the movie. Because... Because the whole point of the fairy tale, right, is like something has to radically change your mind. You have to radically do something and you think that's what's happening here. But as you just pointed out in that scene, no, he didn't really change his mind when he's confronted with everyone looking at him. He suddenly wants to revert back and be like, oh, but I'm a prince. I'm a really great guy. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what was going through his mind. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what the writers were thinking when they wrote that. You could have done something different. That that that's that's I think that's my major complaint with the whole movie. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, I get. I mean, you know, you're telling a Cinderella story. You want Drew Barrymore's character to be badass and cool, and but see, that's what I'm saying is like she's like devastated, understandably, um, cries, and then it gets sold off to this other dude, <laughs> and who she has to like fight off with a sword. <laughs> And then he's just like, oh, listen, everything that happened, like, my bad. And she's like, yeah, it's cool. I don't need savings. So I'll just be with you, though. That's fine. I was like, this is so lazy. That's what makes it a fairy tale. Because in no other fairy tales, at least from the woman's perspective, does the guy actually come and apologize. They don't Every treat other- them like this either, though. Every other fucking fairy tale, though, it's it's like, oh, no, they just get swept off their feet. So, like, this in and of itself is one of the better versions of a female based fairy tale story. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a fairy tale when the guy acts like this though. When the guy is a huge dick and humiliates her publicly to the point that she is sold to another man. But she's crazy though cuz okay, we're complaining about this, but this is like a what but three maybe a 5 minute scene in the movie. Yeah. But it does kind of break it it does break the movie a little bit. It, it, yeah. it I turn on this fucking Prince Henry and it just at the end of the movie, I'm just not not in his camp anymore. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't know, Drew Barrymore. Maybe, maybe go look somewhere else. I think no, you no, know, maybe you should go hook up with you Gustav. Could. You know, the guy that's been with you your whole fucking life. <laughs> He's Come a really on, good Gustav is gay. Wait, say what now? Gustav is gay, obviously. You think so, dude? He landed a jumbo fucking jet into the friend zone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, on, on yeah, my second viewing did. today, I, I realized that he did say, now let's go do something about your hair. And I was like, hmm, maybe Brian. Yeah. He's gay. He's gay. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Leonardo, Ca- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> Leonardo <What>? Da Vinci. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you know why? You know, I've, I've been doing that this entire time because ever since I saw this movie with the fu- when Drew Barrymore shows up at the ball, right? She's wearing the fucking goddamn... Angel oh, wings, like, like, right? Like, like Claire Danes and Romeo like Juliet. Danes, yeah. Oh, yeah. The fish tank scene was exactly the same. Oh, my God. I was wondering. I When she showed up with the his angel wings, I was like, that looks so familiar. I couldn't figure out what it was. But you're right. It was Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, well you just know, watch a that. Fish can't, a fish can't marry a bird, you know. Yeah. Must give you wings. Good line. Yeah. That's, that was a good line. That's sweet. Um, da Vinci is, he's a good character, I think. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I just love his like bubbly attitude, and he's just like happy. To he, be yeah, he's alive. yeah, yeah. He's fun. He's I don't know. 
His perspective is needed, I think, in this. He's the fairy godmother in all of this, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It is weird, though, that they pulled in a historical fi- – well, I guess some of the king names and the the prince names are also pulled from historical. They're trying to ground it in reality, and if you're going to do a fantastical story somewhat grounded in a historical reality, putting a fucking famous painter in for why the hell not, you know? And you get all these yeah. invention things, you know, like him walking on water yep. and stuff. That's amazing. Yep. Those little boats where it looks like he's still clearly walking on like a pad just two inches under the water. And, and there's a boat shoes. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a Da Vinci drawing that's uh, very similar to the to the actual. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicole. Or excuse me. Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. Say it again, Jared. Oh, sorry. The part where you said her name. Danielle. Dude, the way she bites her lip and. and, and oh, like, my God. Fucking 5,000 times in this movie. She's just so cute. It was like. Ah! Yep. Yep. They're like, just, just keep doing that. You're good. <laughs> 16-year-old me fucking loved this movie. Oh, dude, yeah. I've seen this movie a thousand times. <laughs> I haven't seen it in two wow. decades, but like, I, I was definitely quoting so much of it. I was like, wow, I did not realize how much of this movie I had just stuck in my brain. Same. I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, um, but I was amazed at how much of the dialogue that I knew. Same. <laughs> This is the first time I saw this from start to finish in one sitting. What? Really? Holy shit. Yep. What? True story. And it's one of the... I saw this in theaters. <laughs> no wonder you didn't like all of the things, Brian. You needed the young romantic inside to have seen it when he was young and romantic. No, I, I saw this through a projection booth window. Uh, like little pieces of it here and there. But no, I never saw the movie, you know, Properly. from start to finish. Yeah. Like, like in a theater, like on... VHS I feel like for you, that's especially disappointing. Yeah. Did you at least snuggle with your wife when you watched it? Uh, uh no. Oh, so I actually sweet. watched it by <laughs> myself like really early in the morning. <laughs> oh my god! No wonder you didn't like these things. Wow. <laughs> He's just like drinking coffee and watching it. <laughs> no, I, 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 had, I had such a good time uh, watching. It. Like uh, I even called Jared up and I was like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" And Jared I was, was like, like Why are, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so bubbly and happy right now? I haven't heard you this happy in a long time. I just watched Ever After. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's a true story. Uh, this was the first time I'd ever seen it in this aspect ratio. Blew me away. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Why, was it heavy pan and scan? It yeah. was. It was. It yeah. was. Very much so. Yeah. And which which uh point which showed me all the crazy compositions and really cool camera stuff they were doing and they're doing like crane shots. There's and, some and like, solid camera and, and stuff the, in this. The, the blocking yes. between characters like falling yes. in multiple angles is like this is amazing. This is done really well. The only thing I had a really trouble with was like a lot of it's like overexposed and it's like It's very high key to to uh Okay, but my favorite camera thing in this fucking movie Normally when the female characters are on screen, they get they get the heavy diffusion and the soft lighting and everything. None of the women get it. Dugray fucking Scott gets it every, every time. time he's on screen. Every time. Every time. They're it's just soft. like, isn't he dreamy? <laughs> Danielle's yeah, taking her stocking me. off and like yeah. putting it around the lens. You know? <laughs> Man. Danielle. <laughs> Sorry. See that's stuck in, that's stuck in my head. That's 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 Leonardo da Vinci at the end, like yelling yep. after Danielle when she runs yep. off. Then you don't deserve her. Don't deserve her. And I love that you can hear the rain hitting the shoes at the time. It drives me crazy <laughs> when they put her shoe on the the little balcony thing, and then it started it raining, clicks. and I was like, mm. You need to bring it in, please. <laughs> that is a fabric shoe. That is a fabric shoe. That's a glass shoe. <laughs> it is not glass. It's beaded. The heel is, but there's fabric on it with beads, and it should not be put out in the rain. 
it made me a little, <laughs> little nervous. What do you oh think God, about what do you think about the costumes? Are are, are are they possible during the time, Kristen? It's possible, yeah. Uh, I okay, so I I guess my disclaimer is that I'm not super up on um, f- exactly French fa- French fashions in the 1500s, especially because I feel like kind of in the country. I don't know. Anyway, but that being said, a lot of them seemed accurate. I really enjoyed how they had the um, like linen head coverings. Mm. Because a lot of like modern retellings, they have like the gauze or not the gauze, but like chiffon and it's like very beautiful and flowing and like that's not what they did. It was linen. Um, and the, the the one thing that I was kind of confused on and, and I brought this up a already was there's a lot of gold in their Hmm. fabrics which would make them very wealthy like the gold embroidery thread and so that was it i mean it could have just been something that was passed down same with all that beadwork that was done that's very possible that would make them very wealthy unless it was some sort of family heirloom which for danielle's case it was she has one nice dress right and so that kind of makes sense and she's saving it for her wedding um, yeah, but the rest of it, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. I enjoyed it a lot. And they, and they glued like diamonds and rhinestones to her face and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I actually did enjoy that. Though. <laughs> I she thought looked that like, looked she nice. looked like a dragon. And um, I did think it was interesting. I looked up the makeup for her last look with the angel wings and all of that, and apparently, I read that. The script originally called for Da Vinci to do her makeup, but the makeup artist like freaked out and was like, I can't recreate something that Da Vinci would do. And so that's why they went with the more subtler look where they she just has like white around her eyes. That was the subtle look? That was the subtle look, which I thought it was subtle and it looks it, no, gorgeous. That's it looks yeah, great. It's also, really pretty. It's yeah, really it's pretty. gorgeous and it yeah. is subtle and it looks really great. And I don't know how they would have achieved that historically um, unless it's some sort of like... That was Da Vinci's magic. Lead stump. I don't know. Yeah, Da Vinci's magic. Here, put some lead paint on your face. (laughs) No, if they can make those horse mask things look cool, they can do that too. Oh, I actually like the horse. I love the horse mask. That whole scene with their flirting. I fucking love that. So what was Drew Barrymore supposed to be? I think she was a dragon. She was a butterfly, obviously. Think she was a butterfly? She finally came out of her chrysalis. You're right. <laughs> she was something with wings. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't think it matters. She had the nice dress and she had wings, and that's it. Figure it out. Well, you, when you guys were talking about the makeup, I, I, you know, that's what made me wonder because I was like, the entire time you're looking at her face, she's got those weird lines that like cross in her face, yeah. and then they're colored in a like what are they? Just white, and then some of them are yeah, blue. Right. I don't know. Yeah, very bizarre. But that's so she stands out, I think. I don't think she's supposed to like necessarily be. Right, because the giant spotlight in front of and behind her when she walks up those stairs didn't do it enough. No, I mean, you know, it, it looks good. Just, <laughs> I have no idea what the poor lady's going to this ball gown as. It's part of her mystery. <laughs> she's a flying animal. Who's she? Which one? And what did <laughs> she go to the ball the- as? No, she's the, the shimmer is like reminiscent of the fish gills. She's the fish with wings. So that's Ooh. what it is. Oh, oh, holy shit. You solved it. Fucking figured it out. Way to go, Kristen. Fuck. Just pull you that out of your ass right group? now. I'm just kidding. It's been right there the whole time. <laughs> but it fits, though. Who cares? Oh, sure. <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. I think it's great. 
I think it's time for us to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Any Tenants Ever After. We'll be right back. Then it's true, the story. Oh, yes. Now then, what is that phrase you use? Once upon a time. Feels just like Christmas. I get a mother and sisters all in one day. Say hello to your new stepsister. Mademoiselle. You poor little country girl. Beat! Get out! of France. And it is my life. What have we here? No! No! All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Ever After from director Andy Tennant. Uh, worst trailer we've ever put on the podcast ever. I, I mean, actually, yeah, I would have to. Uh, we've seen a lot of shit. That was that was high. That's, that's even the uh, trailers that don't have any dialogue. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> Where people yeah. are like, wait, why are we listening to this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Looks great, guys, I swear. <laughs> What a strange trailer. That felt like a t- made-for-TV movie trailer. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I feel like it's very fitting for the late 90s, guys. Yeah, it's got all that no, slow man. motion. If we're going to do like uh, a Knight's Tale uh, and, and put like modern-y music into it, and it's not in, but we need to put it in the movie. If they don't have music like that in the movie, why, why yeah. are we putting that this? That would have been horrible. I'm glad it was just in the trailer. <laughs> I mean, no, I, the, the movie did not deserve that kind of a tone. That's what Jared's saying. Like that, that music. Yeah, it's was very like, strange to put that that music in that trailer. That's why I asked. That's why I was, while we were watching, I was like, "Is this a real trailer or is this someone making a spoof?" No, because... I remember that trailer. It's a real trailer. <laughs> oh my god! Just breathe. <laughs> just breathe. That moment in the trailer when she says Dude. that, it, it, yeah. it's just like a techno drop. I was just waiting for the fucking. I was waiting for the fucking. Yeah. Actually, that would be fun. We should get like a DJ on that. We really should. Like, the, if that doesn't exist, there's a really just, missed just, opportunity. Just, just <laughs> drop your face. Say my name. Yeah, We're writing this song right now. That shit writes itself. You write. Oh, dude. Ryan, are you taking notes? Because I feel like... Uh, no, I am not the minute keeper here. <laughs> Ryan, I really feel like we can get on Drew Barrymore's talk show with this. <laughs> with what? With the song with that song. you guys... Yeah, yeah. She says, I saw an interview that said this is her favorite role ever, so I favorite think you're onto role. something, Jared. And Dude, this was yeah, kind of really. her comeback from like being a, you know, a child drug star? addict. She oh, was like 22. Oh, okay. What oh, do you right, mean? Right. She's still in the middle of it. <laughs> no, but she was sobered up for this. Yeah. 
And then right after this, she did Never Been Kissed. Good movie. Uh, well, I remember it being good. Sorry, Brian. Uh, I saw your eyebrows. Same, same. Oh, no, yeah. no. I, I, I was looking at something off screen. It had nothing to do with that. I have never seen Never Been Kissed. Oh, okay. Wait, really? Oh, so really. How did you miss all these movies, these little romance rom-com movies? Brian, do you not like Drew Barrymore? Uh, well, to be honest, I, 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 the oh. early aught uh, rom-coms I really kind of hated. They just they were not for me. They were so formulaic and so stale. But if you didn't see it, you don't know. You didn't. You, come on, man. <laughs> you don't of know, them. Brian. What are you talking about? They're all they're all like that. I mean, they're it, all sleepers, bro. You look at the trailer. No. It's kind of like you see this shitty trailer for this, and you're like, oh shit, this no. looks terrible. Nobody's ever great. once told me like, oh, <laughs> you know what you need to go see? Never been kissed. Clearly, you missed out. In fact, <laughs> I think this is the only time Brian, it's ever come spaghetti up. Spaghetti straps. Life. That's all I gotta say. Spaghetti straps. Wait, so, but I think the better question is, do you not like Drew Barrymore? Because she was all over this genre at the time. Um... You know, I'm not very familiar with this section of Drew Barrymore's career. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and I don't like a lot of the movies that came out uh, in this section of her life. I mostly know her stuff from when she was a kid. Um, and I stayed away from a lot of her teenage roles. Like, I mean... I've seen Poison Ivy, but I haven't seen it in, like, 20, (laughs) 30 years. Um... So yeah, no, I did kind of stay away from this area uh, era of her career when she started doing like you know the I think the wedding singer I remember liking that one. Wedding singer is fucking fun. Um, shit. That is good. But yeah, like I I saw Fifty First Dates, but I don't remember super loving that. I just remember thinking that was kind of forgettable. And she, uh, has never been kissed. Is that the one she did with Jimmy Fallon? That's Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch. Okay, I haven't seen that David, one either. David Arquette. And Ma- Michael Vartan and Molly Shannon are in uh, Never Been Kissed. Right, yeah, so th- I, I know those movies exist. Never seen them. What about Charlie's Angels? Unfortunately, I have seen <laughs> both of those. Those are goddamn terrible. Those are bad on a different level. Yeah, dude, Willard yeah. is one of them, right? Willard? Oh, Crispin Glover, yes. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Yes, he's the bad guy in one of them, yeah. Like smelling hair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I, I saw this movie and then kind of skipped all of the rest of the stuff in between. Well, I guess I saw Charlie's Angels, but it was it was Fifty First Dates again before I was like, oh yeah, she's still doing those, huh? Okay, I saw that in the theaters. It was good. I remember. I haven't seen it since, but I remember. I remember it being entertaining. Yeah, I don't. It's one of those. I like. I don't want to watch that again because like whatever joyousness it still has in my brain, I don't want to lose it because it was probably less great than i remember it i see I, some of these stuff uh, in the early odds i completely sure, forgot she was in like confessions of a dangerous mind i've seen that movie completely sh- forgot she was in it riding in cars with boys man i saw that one like twice in a weekend and was like fuck this movie oh <laughs> oh and she was in freddie got fingered oh that's right she was married to that guy yeah she was what's that dude's name tom green tom green Oh, I forgot that she was married. Yeah, that was the one I was like, oh, I guess famous people just are weird. Cool. All right. <laughs> famous people are crazy. crazy she's kind of kooky. I, I see that. You know, she's a little goofy. I, 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 I see that. Yeah, I think in the early aughts, she had this whole thing where she was just like this like sweet, bumbling girl as evidenced mm. by all of the movies. And now that she's older, I realize it's on an act. And I think, yeah, she's just a little... <laughs> Well, it's not an act. <laughs> that was just her the whole time, and we were yeah. like, "Oh, oh, bless her heart." 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> or at least wait until you're old enough and your brain is developed. <laughs> wait till you're about the age that Drew Barrymore was when she made Ever After. <laughs> She'd already been working for like what? She'd been working almost two decades, right? Her Eight. first, her first film is like 1980 or some shit like that. She's been yeah, doing it a long time. Wasn't her first film the Spielberg? Um, Easy. Wasn't it a Spielberg thing or no? No, it was before that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, she did something before E.T. Altered States. Oh, okay. William Hurt movie. <clears throat> is this like a science fiction film where William Hurt's in a de- detrib- uh, sleep deprivation tank? And then, like, he takes LSD and then turns into a monkey and runs around the streets at night. Oh, good nice. for him. Fine. Yeah. Weird movie. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Her, her early aught career is just very, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen any, like, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have seen a significant part of that movie. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. I, I haven't seen Lucky You. That looks kind of good. It's her and Eric Bana? Robert Duvall? Never even heard of that. Or maybe I did at one point. I was surprised by how many movies Robert Duvall's in. It's just he's just they just he's just thrown into movies. He's just, and Robert Duvall. He's so fucking awesome, man. He's got that voice. Rubbing is racing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what about Drew Gray Scott? We've been talking about uh, Drew Barrymore for a long time. What else do you know him from? Literally just Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible two is the only other thing I can think about that I can picture him in. Yep. So, yeah, so. I kind of thought he would do stuff when this came out, and then he, yeah, it seemed like he didn't. Would. But um, I also read that he beat out Jude Law for this role, which Holy in hindsight fuck. seems like a poor decision. No, no, no. He, yeah, didn't, no, he didn't beat him out. Jude Law said no. Oh, <laughs> so me. he beat him out. He did technically beat him out. And there was there was somebody else. <laughs> they too. beached off, and you know they beached <laughs> off. <laughs> uh classic there was somebody else uh, he beat after the role too it was jude law and somebody else i forget who it was but yeah they turned it down and said no i remember for a while there he was gonna be wolverine stop wait yeah, what he was holy shit yeah he was like in the cat it was like him and then there was some other person that they actually i think did end up casting and then they it, that didn't work out and they brought hugh jackman in yeah but he he was he was big there for a while i mean he wasn't though yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was kind of like a Chris Pratt. He just never made his Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a why really good think, description, why, actually. Do we know yeah. why? Like, did he just not play the game? Like, what happened to him for real, though? I don't know. I didn't read anything. <clears throat> did you guys read anything? I couldn't find anything. I've heard nothing. Because I feel like he has potential to have been way bigger than he was. So you're saying Mission Impossible 2 was not No, big I, didn't, didn't, I didn't. He see works, it, man. Looks like he does a lot of TV. He's like the villain. Like, no, come on. Does a lot of TV. Like one episode's in like a seven season. Yes. So, yeah, so that yeah. doesn't count That sounds like poor agent or something, maybe. Ooh, he was in Taken 3. Slow down. I don't remember that. I saw the movie, but I don't remember him in it. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff on here. Like fucking Dark Water. I've seen Dark Water, but I don't remember him in that. Because he doesn't look like that anymore. That's man. his problem. He's just forgettable. Mm, he's a good character actor that you forget that he's in anything. 
And then he shows up and you're like, who is that guy? Not, oh, hey, it's that guy. And I think maybe the problem is that I saw that now he has cut his hair. And I feel like his hair was like a great co-star in this film. <laughs> oh, it absolutely was. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I could tell the cinematographer <clears throat> thought that as well. <sighs> <laughs> What do you mean? You shoot his head, it's, it's got his hair in it. Whatever. <laughs> what I'm like, talking about. Let, let's go a little wider. Let me, I need the bangs on the side to come in. We need rooms for the bangs. To Bro, he, 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 did have, he did have, he did have, he has, he's like perfectly feathered yeah. out. Luxurious yeah. locks. There. In this his movie. hair was really nice. <laughs> See, that's what you were missing in that fucking pan and scan, Jared. Yeah, 100%. Oh, was, was all the locks? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. They were outside of the frame. That's why you were so impressed. You were like, oh, I can finally see this movie. Because I can see this man's hair. In <laughs> all of its gauzy glory. Ooh, look at that diffusion. Mm. wonder what kind of shampoo yeah. he uses. God, he's so emo. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally herbal essences. Uh, I, 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 love, I, love just, I love his... He's just so dumb in the movie most because like like she 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 goes on these like moments where she like she's like explains yes, like yes. social issues to him to yes. to him and he's like wait what <laughs> he's like holy shit I never thought about another person I, as a I, human I've never, that actually matters what he didn't, wow. you know he could have if he was I think what they were going for was like the spoiled rich kid but, but he didn't. You don't get that. What you know? do you mean a day off? Is like what, they get they get a day off from life? Like what are you talking about? Like <laughs> from living, they get to just not be alive yeah, I mean, like, anymore. What you, what? I'm so confused. I mean, this is literally know, what they do. What are you talking who, about? Who's gonna bring me milk? <laughs> what else are they gonna do? <laughs> That's their job. That's their life. Yeah, man, it makes it a little hard to like. Are you uh, are you upset we didn't get the wedding? Oh, the off-screen wedding that happened in like six hours, and then apparently everyone in court just magically knows that they're married. Yeah, they're and cool. It's cool, and everybody's and cool. No one announces it, yeah, but everyone nobody, is like, "Oh yeah, that happened." Nobody's like, "Can you believe that fucking Henry married the fucking servant girl down the road?" For a fair, it's a fairy tale, and and it's also a great reveal for the stepmom and stepsisters, and so I think it works with the movie. Oh, it totally worked there. Yeah, but also oh. the wedding. The I have a lot of issues with the actual wedding that we saw that didn't happen. <laughs> with the sobbing, oh, with the girl crying, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I, I did not that was hate amazing. the crying, yeah, yeah. but what I did I hate was that. that like she's like, "Sorry, I'm just in love with this dude over here," and the parents are like, "Oh my god, how could you let this is your child?" What are we? And I, I was like, "They're not marrying." for love they're marrying to align the two countries right right and 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 clearly what the kings and queens are concerned about is what their child is happiness of and i actually to the point that i actually looked it up i was like when did we start marrying for love because i'm pretty sure it was not the 1500 (laughs) that's yeah that's valid research right there someone was it uh i think it was the 1700s. You're like, you're like, it was, was when like it last really year. started. It was, uh, it was when, well, it really started year. in the seventh. I mean, kind of. Uh, but I, I, according to my very quick Google search and two sentence um, research, it, yeah, it's really took. There were some marriages for love before this, but it became like a sort of a romantic idea with the whole romanticism and whatnot in the mm. 1700s. And that's when it really kind of took mm. off. And you started seeing more of them. It was trendy to fall in love. <laughs> right around the time when the Brothers Grimm were going from castle to castle saying, this is real, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. 
No, she invited them there to set the record straight because she didn't like all their fucking magic pumpkin bullshit. What, 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 what you think mice fucking helped my grand grandmother? Grandmother's grandmother? Is that in the actual Cinderella story, or is that what we're remembering from the Disney version? They brought it up. They brought up pumpkins and, and fairy godmothers. I don't I, know. That's the not what I asked. It, I didn't ask what they oh. brought up, Jared. I asked if the pumpkins what, what? and the I mice just know that in, are in the actual story. Are, are you saying Grimm. that? Yeah, because that's them talking about it. So I, I wouldn't think that they, that they uh, the brothers, would be referencing Disney. I've never read the actual Brothers Grimm. I have. I version. only remember the end, though, which is the stepsisters get their eyes pecked out by birds. Yes, I do, shit. I do remember reading that. Holy shit. That, I only remember that part of the story. De- deservedly so. They were oh. bitches. In the book, I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, they, they, they made a nice thing. We had a, kind of like a, had a, a semi-nice sister. And, you know. Oh, I love that about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Melanie Linsky in this, to, like, stole my heart when I was a kid. Like, she's so cute. Yeah. I'm only here for the food. <laughs> Sorry, mother. I, and also my horse, horse boyfriend. Oh, I like I like. I love I love their little thing. Boyfriend. That was super fun. All right, so that reminds me of uh, is it, is his name Toby Hooper? Oh my god, dude! Yes, dude, he's so fucking great in this. I totally <laughs> forgot he was in this, and I was like, he's like smoldering at her the whole time. He's like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you this girl, vicious, <laughs> vicious man. <laughs> man, they make him look so small in this movie. Like that first, he is small. I know he's like five, <laughs> and his hair is all puffed out like, like Farquaad and shit. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, is they, he five four? I thought him... he was a lot smaller than that. I don't know. He's he's a short fellow, but like in this movie, like the, all the shots are just looking down at him, and well, like also, they make him uh, look like, really, really like, huge. And they especially she? got her hair yeah. all big, and she's wearing she all those giant so clothes. I love her so much. She pops, man. She's so good in this. She's fucking amazing in this. She chews the scenery. It, 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 it's 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 too easy for her to play this character. You think so? I was I kept waiting for her to smile and like switch into Morticia. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. She does the eyebrows. It's like Morticia. She brings the same weight that she brought to Morticia, where you f- yes. you feel more than just like what's on the page, what's what's said in the words. Like you feel so much behind everything that she has and that she says. But I think she does that with every role. That's what I love. That's I fair. just love her. That's, as an she is. Uh, she's phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Extremely talented. She's so good in the witches too. God, I love the witches. Yes. <sighs> wow. That was a remake. That was terrible. You know what? In the original Brothers Grimm, there's not even a fairy godmother. There's a wishing tree. Yeah, that makes sense. Fucking lame. <sighs> so no. there's probably not. A what do you hang your shoes what? on the tree? No. No. No, okay, hold on. Because remember that, like, in older fairy tales, I'm sort of similar in Disney fairy tales, everything is alive, including trees. Trees were very magical. And as we know now, you know, trees are sentient beings and they can talk to other trees. And oh, I saw Avatar. Is... No, but, well, actually, <laughs> actually, Avatar is kind of based on Avatar is based idea. in reality. <laughs> Um, but it's this kind of so. Pandora. So the fact that the, the <laughs> fact that the tree is her fairy godmother is kind of cool, and especially when you also consider the dark forest. I don't know if that was set in the dark forest, but mm. the dark forest would have been fucking terrifying. It's not like the forest that we have in the fucking park down the street. Like, I mean, it gets was, dark at night. No, have you seen photos of like <laughs> untouched forests? You don't want to go in them. 
That's fair. That's fair. But I did think I was actually kind of wondering um, towards the end when Angelica Houston and her stepdaughter Marguerite go to they get sent away and they work in the laundromat and um, they fall. I couldn't they decide what fucking purple. God, okay. So I, I couldn't decide moment. because when they fell yeah. in, I was like, Oh my God, all of those chemicals, they're going to die of cancer <laughs> immediately. But then they turned purple. And I was like, wait a minute. If this is a big pool of dye, they actually sh- might be fine. And so I couldn't decide if it was like a bad thing that happened to them or not. <laughs> I, I said the same thing. I'm like, wait a second. Are they just like so hot that they're turning purple because like it's supposed to be like weird washing chemicals or is it an actual dye? And, yeah. If it was yes. like, I don't know, lye or something like whatever. I don't know what yeah. I, whatever they were using to wash their, their clothes. Like that would have been so bad. And maybe an original reference to the eyes being pecked out. Um, oh, but interesting. If they, hmm. if it was like, if they were just dying, like, cause like I happened to read an article like last week about how people in the medieval era dyed their clothes and I was like, that would not hurt them. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's it was just like annoying. roots and dirt and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And plants and flowers and like whatever, right. but it was, it's cool. It's a neat process, but yeah, it wouldn't, it would just turn. They would just look silly for like yeah. two months and it'd be, yeah. I just would not be too, I don't think it'd be two months. <laughs> I don't know. It, no, it would definitely be way shorter than that. But Brian, what kind of money are we looking at here? What kind of money? Uh, the budget was uh, a surprisingly low twenty-six million. Wow! And it made uh, ninety-eight million worldwide. Mm. That includes my Dallas. And the movie debuted at number five at the box office. Never hit number one uh, any weekend. Number five is as high as it ever got. Um, so it's kind of surprising that it turned as much of a profit as it did. Saving Private Ryan was number one in its mm. second weekend uh, when the movie debuted. And what's crazy, The Parent Trap. You guys remember The Parent Trap? With, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Lindsay yeah. Lohan? Yeah. It's a great movie. All right. And Lindsay Lohan. That debuted at number two the same weekend that this movie came out. Oh. Wow. And Ever After ended up outgrossing this movie. Really? Yep. Really? It had longer legs than The Parent Trap. That's interesting. It's a, it's a solid date movie, man. So I think well, it's also a solid like you could show this to like kids and adults. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like this has a bigger audience. Parent Trap is a great movie. I don't know if adults care that much. No, that's a take your kid to it kind of movie. Right. This is this is a yeah. You know, I went on a date and I saw it, and I'll tell my mom about it, and she'll maybe like bring the family or some shit, and yeah. Because I guess you. I guess there is an adult romance in the parent trap, but I don't know how many adults are like, yeah, let me go watch them get back together with their ex-husband, you know? Like- <laughs> yeah, they already tried once, and <laughs> the kids were like, nah. I did see, uh, it was kind of surprising, this movie's rated PG-13, and I couldn't for the fucking life of me decide what the fuck would make this PG-13. I know why. Why? I Though, so, okay, it was PG-13 when it came out, and then they changed it to PG when they released it, and what they did was they took out three swear words to make it a PG rating. I read that, That's too. What it, what were, I, there was not a single fuck in the Disney version that I heard. No. Yeah, because they took it out. They took it out. The theater was PG-13, and then when they released it, on so, like, everything we're watching now is the PG version. Wait, what? That's what I read. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I read that, I th- and that I was thought... in mine too, because there were no, there was no cursing in mine. They took out all the, cur- they took out the curse words. There was no cursing. I watched it on Disney Plus. Also, there was I no cursing. I did not watch it on Disney Plus. I rented it. There's no cursing. Oh. Mine's there PG. Was your there was no PG? cursing. It P- Disney Plus said it was rated PG-13. 
for a short sequence of intense dialogue or intense language or something like that. Oh, really? Because I, I remember reading it like, what the fuck? How is this movie PG-13? And, yeah. Maybe they... A, sh- a, a short moment of intense dialogue. It was something like, seems very inane. I was like... Was it when the guy tells her that, uh, that he, he's well endowed? Maybe. He's like, you know what? I got to Literally, maybe. Yeah. And I got money. Yeah. PG-13 that, for a double entendre? That seems a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. Come the fuck Disney, on, MPA. Disney is is getting a little crazy. I feel like that's a Disney. Oh, no, no, no. Disney just thing. owned no, this movie within the last two yeah. years. This is a 20th Century Fox oh, okay. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's an MPAA rating. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. May, you know, I, the only thing I could think of was maybe at the time they were trying to make it, because again, uh, you know, uh, thinking about uh, Drew Barrymore's outfit, maybe they're trying to make it more like Romeo and Juliet. Which was PG thirteen, a little bit more hard hitting, because that came out like what two years before this? That was ninety six. This is ninety eight. I mean, I could see them pushing for a PG thirteen rating just so there's like some level of like, well, it's not an R, but it's still it's still edgy enough that you want to go see it, teenagers, right, right, right. Well, I actually yeah. remember this when it came out because it was PG thirteen, and because it was also Drew Barrymore, who was not known for making family friendly films. Mm. Um, my parents were very hesitant to let me go see it because it was PG-13 and it was Drew Barrymore. That, I think that's exactly the vibe that they were going for by making it PG-13. But I think that's also why they might have like – they at some point they were like, why do we – like we didn't achieve the edginess that we wanted and we lost a crowd. <laughs> let's, so. uh, you know, let's just call it PG. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it is. Let's admit it's it to very, ourselves. This is very I, – I was surprised so at how wholesome mild. it was. I kind of don't remember it being this – yeah, mild when it came out. I don't remember it being edgy, but I don't remember it being like this, <laughs> like wholesome. Yeah, this yeah. Fine for anybody. Like I would not like hesitate for anybody to watch this movie. No, there's literally a scene where she's changing clothes behind a changing like wall thingy, and they cut to her angle, and she's wearing a giant like undergarment dress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, really? This is this? They is, cut back, and she and this you is see the underwear. Shoulder. That is the underwear. I appreciated that. <laughs> no, it's, it's period accurate. I'm just saying, like, this is this is the moment where you would be like, oh, look, we have an actress who's attractive, and we're going to put her in scantily clad oh, yes. outfits. Oh, well, look at the cleavage or and the, the beads of sweat on her cleavage. Right, right, exactly. When she's yeah. swimming, that's the perfect opportunity to have her wet clothes. Yes. Yeah, yes. but after that, Leonardo's over there in his, like, long underwear, which is funny. <laughs> He's got his, like, dress on. <laughs> and there's a, the other scene when she's in her underwear and she has to like carry Prince Charming away. Like there, God, there were I a lot of moment. it's a great that's so great. There's but there's a lot of moments where they could have made it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to say raunchy, but they sexier, sexier. Yes, they could have made it mm, sexier. But I like yes. that it's not sexy. Actually, I wouldn't have hated it if it was. But the fact that it's like this sweet. Is really sweet nice. is a good word. Fairy Wholesome tale. was a good word. Yeah. Yeah. This could have been a way more sensual movie for the sake yeah. of being like, bring your date, you'll feel sexy afterwards. And they were like, no, it's it's a romance in the sixties. Yeah, and if they century. had made it very like sensual and sexy and a like a very like, you know, t- teenage date movie like that would have also been good i think but i like that they kept it like this has any like historical anything like i mean from over 200 years ago have they ever pulled that off successfully on film 
to be sexy. Like I can't think um, of a, like a costume yeah. drama. You know what, what I mean? What is that yeah. Zorro yeah. movie? The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, but with that's Catherine not Zeta-Jones. sexy. She, uh, that Catherine seems Zeta-Jones com- that's fucking you, sexy in that movie. Have you, you watched that movie, about? Brian? Yeah, but that scene where they're <laughs> where they're stripping her—that's laugh. I saw that in theaters, guys. The crowd was laughing. They weren't going, "Oh, that's hot." I mean, no. they did after they laughed. Uh, I mean, like maybe afterwards, like they're they laughing the because they were uncomfortable about how hot it was. <laughs> No, I don't think so, guys. <laughs> I can't even finish it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Yeah, okay, so no. what you're talking about, okay, Brian, what you're talking about would be like a historical fiction, like Outlander or so. I, I that might not be sexy. I don't. No, that's a very sexy TV show. But is um, that, you're talking, is that, that historical is so accurate? Historical. And, are they wearing the big costumes? Is like the number one romance genre that women read. Now, what you're asking is, do they make movies with this? And is it sexy? That's what that's what I'm asking. I don't know. They, yeah. yeah, they make movies. There's movies like D- Dangerous Liaisons with uh, what's her name, Glenn Close, right? Um, that's not sexy though. Mm. Cruel Intentions is the uh, the remake of that movie. Oh yeah, and they yeah, kind of yeah. updated it. Um, but yeah, I've just never seen one of those like uh, costume dramas. Just like, ooh, look, this is where it's also like super sexy. Yeah, and it's actually sexy. Because it just, I don't know, the costumes themselves, like, I don't know, like, the act of undressing in those. Yeah, I was like, God, that takes so much work. Okay. <laughs> it takes three oh people God. to get them out. Yeah, of it's kind of like that uh, that scene in um uh, in the line of fire where they're taking off all their cop shit, and, you know, and they're getting ready to like have sex, and then they get a call, and they've got to go back and work, and he's like, oh, i got to put all that shit back on. No, so you, know you would I mean? make it sensual. It's not like a rushed quickie. It would be like a very sensual thing. Of undressing somebody that you t- you tie so many bows. What are you talking about? <laughs> you get all those big old fluffles or like, all in the like, face. No, we like, we both have bows on. I'm like, hey girl, help me out with my bows too. Here, I'm just like, <laughs> got all these f- fucking ruffled shirts on and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you get lost in the clothes, taking them off halfway. Come like, on, damn. But tech, I mean, to be fair, like there is like a lot of easy access because the clothing is so difficult to take on and take off. So. Like when they go to the bathroom and stuff, you're not like taking all of that shit off. There's like, you can just, there's easy access. I actually saw something, Kristen, uh, <laughs> online yesterday where uh, basically saying back in the day, the women with all the dresses, they would just like, you know, throughout the day, just give themselves a little wipe in the posterior area with their dress. A common what? thing. I swear. I, okay. I mean, just because somebody does it at some point, <laughs> I wouldn't hygiene. say this is like a normal thing. I'm not saying it's a modern thing. <laughs> what he's saying is there's skid marks throughout all these old dresses. Oh, oh, oh that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so, okay, so like the, the, the pants that like women wear, what are they called? I don't even know what they're called. Like the bloomers, the, the pants, I don't know what they're called. The, oh, yeah. the pants that women about. put on. Have like those are um those are not proper pants. They have no, they don't even have a mud flap. It's just like kind of two <laughs> legs with like so that you can go to the bathroom. So if there are skid marks on the next layer, it would be because there's nothing there. They don't wear underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like when you lift yeah. up a skirt, there's like yes, there's like five layers of skirts, but like you can still get access. You know what I'm saying? So like we can make yeah. a movie about that. Brian, are you are you taking notes? I, I just love how What's, serious we're getting about skid marks. I can't keep a straight face, man. You know what's 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 a dress like that called that has that many layers? Well, it would. I mean, it depends. This is just on, a dress. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a dress. Just go ahead, and shorten those clothes. There's so much fabric, they won't hear it. 
So was she wearing the bloomer <laughs> pants thing? Because when I thought she was up the tree. I thought she had like reached under and grabbed the uh, backside of it and pulled it forward. So it's not it's not open in the middle. I thought she was wearing a long one piece thing like uh, like like uh, Da Vinci was. And then she could just grab in the front. But, but yeah, so she? I think she was wearing a, a long one piece and she probably did tie it up. But that wouldn't necessarily, that's not like historically accurate. You, that's not. Well, she was just making sure nobody could see up there while she's right. Exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 You will give me back my dress, sir. <laughs> Great ADR line. <laughs> There's a lot of good ADRs in this. Yeah. Gypsies. Uh, gypsies should have made a comeback. They, they showed up at the wedding. Yeah, he's like, he's like, look, the gypsies are here. I, I love that the gypsies are there, but he can't even fathom that she's not, uh, like, doesn't have a title. But the gypsies are there. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. That's what I'm saying. That scene doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, why are you oh, so outraged? <laughs> Serve this. It does. It does break his care. Like up until that point, I love everything in the movie. Well, I also kind of hate that she. It's kind of a break in her character, too. She is always so well-spoken, and she always knows exactly what to say. And then when that happens, she's just like, oh, uh, I guess. And she starts crying and runs away. And I was like, girl. I, I think the distinction of that is is that every time she's well-spoken, she's with Do Grey Scott on her own. And she's just spouting the shit that she doesn't care who knows because she just says it all the time. And she doesn't really give herself the freedom to realize that he's royalty after they start like hanging out. And and in that moment, she's had the 10 years of of stepmother controls everything kind of like activation. So she just can't think about it because of that. I, I've seen that stuff happen in real life. So that that tracked for me. Yeah, that, that was the part that really drove me nuts, though. Oh, no, it's it's validly frustrating for sure but because i feel like also when his little ego was hurt i feel like that was salvageable because everyone's looking to her and they're like okay say something and she can't and i guess i get it i get i get it yeah. but also it's yeah. such a break for her character she's such a badass the entire movie and she always knows exactly what to say to everyone and she's just rendered speechless yeah. at the moment that it counts I, I think you guys are right. That is the movie where that is the moment where the movie breaks because both of those characters do something that's out of character for the sake of well, we need this part to happen later in the movie, and and that is kind of the quintessential like, hey, just because you need a thing to happen later doesn't mean that you've gotten there in a way that is appropriate for what you've built these characters to do for the entire time up until that point. And that, like Brian said, that's the moment where you're like, come on, writers, like you maybe should have spent a little bit more time working out this particular scene. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that is always like the hardest thing, like getting getting your characters together to the point where they're they've spent enough time. They know each other, but there's still some kind of pressure where they can't they, they, they can't say what they need to say you know mm, they yeah they feel something yeah. is inhibiting them and they have to walk away and we all know that oh this is going to be a break and they're going to get back together and we're going to see them we're going to see them come together at the end of the movie that's the quintessential end of the second act either it's the false victory or the terrible defeat kind of thing like you have to have that moment for the way that the story arc is going to work but sometimes that 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 terrible defeat isn't always well earned even though it's a it's a, a plot point that you know you need, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just 
it bothered me but then but like i said the the apology scene afterwards i think bothered me even more because i can you know fine like his ego is hurt like fine he becomes a dick for the first time ever fine she's rendered speechless but then he's just like my bad and she's like it's okay i'm doing great i don't need to be rescued don't even worry about it okay what don't you like about that because this is like one of the few apologies from a man to a woman in a movie that i have seen that actually feels like it rings true like he he comes back and he says i was wrong i did this and that was stupid okay that's what more did you need him to do to make it actually make sense okay okay so what i needed was the way he publicly humiliated her would needs to be like maybe the same level of the apology did he publicly humiliate her or did he publicly respond to a humiliation he was himself no he felt humiliated and in turn he humiliated her yeah yeah. He was being a dick. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he was humiliated. I I get what you're saying, but he handled that so badly, so badly. And yeah, just for him to be like, yeah, my bad. And and, and I get what you're saying. Yes, it's a very well thought out apology. But like, is it just an apology or like how are you going to handle the next time something like the next time there's an issue because there will always be another issue. You going to do that again? You gonna or are you gonna like take a minute and like remember who the fuck you are and who I am? You know what I mean? Like there, these, sure, I just sure. felt like there needed to be more action and not just words because you're right. It was a very nice wordy apology, but that's just the beginning. Like what what else are you gonna do? You can't just say I'm sorry. You have to be like I'm sorry and I'm gonna change in these ways. Like this is how I was wrong. You need to be held accountable. I, I needed something from him to see that turn. I needed I needed to see some kind of pressure put on the prince to make him feel like, oh, I got to do this for my country. Mm. I have to do my duty. And that scene was missing. So when he and he makes that turn, he just comes off like such an unbelievable ass. And it's like, oh, my God, you you listen to nothing that fucking Drew Barrymore said this whole movie. And like, mm, so will you okay. ever okay. listen to that. it I ever? Like, yeah, you and know what I mean? It, exactly. It and that's why I called that. her like the manic pixie dream girl in this, because when it comes down to it, she's just a fantasy for him. She's the fantasy of like, oh, well, what if I throw away my my kingdom and I don't have to deal with any responsibility? And what if I can just go enjoy the day? and have a beer and is he actually taking any of the lessons that she says is he actually learning anything is he actually growing is he actually trying to be in partnership with her hmm. and i wanted to say yes and then he was a dick at that ball and i said <laughs> fuck you dude <laughs> that's why you're a villain in a mission impossible sequel no one remembers <laughs> That one Stuck scene, options to be a little more precise. That one scene is why he doesn't have a career anymore. What, what is that? Oh, oh I damn. am gagging for it. <laughs> uh, is he the one? Is that the one with the with the with the fight in the sand at the end? In the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. Sand. After the motorcycle chase. Come on, Jared. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. yes. Oh, flowing hair with sunglasses. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one where running, Tom Cruise running, like, no, like he, flips. He, he stomps. One, yeah. He stomps down in the ground. And the gun flies up in yes. his hand, and he grabs yes. it, and boom, and he pops him. Yes. Yeah. I just remember Thandie Newton in that movie. She's so beautiful. She's fucking glorious. You know, I did not appreciate her then. I think she aged into her, her beauty. 
That I, when that, I will accept that. When that yeah. woman hit uh, yeah. thirty-five, like oh god, she is the quintessential. Prom. Thirty is the new perfect. Hello. <laughs> I was not digging her in her twenties, but oh, she aged into the beauty. Anyway, um, outside <laughs> my fetishes, uh, how do you guys feel about rating this uh, ever after? <clears throat> Who's going first? You're all silent. I'll go first then. I'm going to give Set this movie a nice, solid 9.5. I super enjoyed it. Uh, the prologue is extremely scary. It makes you think you're going to watch a Hallmark movie, but don't worry. It's only five <laughs> minutes, and from there on out, you will be entertained. Uh, when Drew Barrymore and Doug Gray Scott look at each other, oh, my God. You're just like, these two love each other. They're in love. Um Everything looks so fucking expensive. Things look great. I mean, I, I, I miss movies that were shot on location like this, um, especially since everything's like shot in the volume or on fucking LED screens or green screens yeah. now. Like this movie felt so fucking expensive. Felt like a million, like more than a million bucks. Felt like a billion dollars. I'm just like looking at all these sets and all these costumes. I'm like, God, this looks so fucking expensive. That ball with all those fucking props everywhere. It was just like, yeah. holy shit, this yeah. is blowing my fucking yeah. mind. I super enjoyed that. Uh, we talked about the parts that uh, didn't care much for, and it, I don't know, that just kind of ruins the end of the movie a little bit. Um, it's still nice and gives you the happy ending feels that you want, but it does sour it. Um, yeah, it, it, it sours it a little bit. So it's a 9.5. Not 100% perfect rom-com, but, you know, almost there. Almost perfect. Who's going next? <laughs> Somebody's got to go next. I'll go next. Uh, I agree with that. This is a really great movie. I agree the beginning is a little scary. I was very nervous when it started playing, and I'm so happy that I really enjoyed this movie. Anyway, I was surprised at how um, well done it was. I, 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 haven't, I, I loved this movie when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since then. And so I was, not only do I think it holds up, um, yeah, like all of it holds up. The writing holds up, the, all the production design, the costumes, um, even the writing, like, uh, you know, I took issues here and there and obviously towards the end. Um, but that's just like, like a human issue. Like for Hollywood, that's mm -hmm great they did a great job with this um and this movie was very enjoyable and it's very wholesome and it's very sweet and it's very charming and i appreciated that there is so we're i feel like there's so much um you know death and, <laughs> and destruction and trauma and um it was nice to see like yes you still have bad things happen but like you can keep living your life and it's nice to see people doing that and doing it well and everyone was outstanding angelica houston is my favorite the romance is also very good and it's also very sweet except for the end and um angelica houston though as the villain is great fantastic she's the best villain ever i yeah the way she like smiles when she's like delivering the most cutting line she's so sweet when she says it and it's like the most evil thing ever it's great um i'm gonna i'm gonna give i guess i'll give this a 9.5 also i think it's really good it holds up very well wow. it's only a ball <laughs> and you're only going um, for the food 
Dude, I'd be tearing up that food as well. Uh, I'll, I'll be, be really quick. Uh, I love this movie. I've seen it countless times. Uh, not as an adult, but like as as a as a teenager. Uh, this was a very very big uh, movie for me. I loved it a lot. Um, it was like it was like uh, putting on a warm glove. You know, it, it, was, uh, it was it was it was. I was surprised. Warm glove like that we didn't said, fit right. No oh, man, and almost, almost fucking had a heart attack when I watched this movie. If the glove, I know, but fit, like you must acquit. Indeed. Um. <laughs> uh, but I can't quit this movie, man. This is one of those movies where if it were playing and it doesn't matter where it is, I would sit down and finish it. Mm. You know, um, it, it gives me uh, gives me all, all the all the all the heartwarming feels. Um, and it was really cool to watch it again. And, and I'm so glad that it holds up. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 10 just because out of nostalgia and out of love. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, this movie absolutely fucking holds up. And I was also a little bit concerned because Teenage Mike fucking swooned. Over this goddamn movie, yeah, dude. like I watched this so many times, and it and it, it so much of it just like lives in my brain, and I just hadn't thought about it for like so long. But like, this movie was kind of formative for a lot of ways that I I viewed like the female experience because this is one of the one of the the this movie had so many like strong female characters in it that they're all humans, they're all well rounded characters. They they have motivations. They care about things. This is this is a female perspective movie, and and I really appreciated that in a way to to watch it as an adult, to watch it as a, as an older person, and recognize the ways that yeah, I want to see female perspectives in movies portrayed the way this did in 1998. I disagree that the apology at the end was bullshit. I think it was for 1998 for for a movie like this. It was the best that I would have anticipated getting. I love that this movie fucking held up. There's so many great characters in this movie. There's so many great actors in this movie. Angelica Houston fucking destroys this entire film. She's so goddamn good. Without her, this movie would have been trash, I think. Drew Barrymore and Dougray Scott are electric on screen. They do wonderful things together. Some of the dialogue at moments has kind of awkward things, but... This movie also like has a way of of delivering exposition in the appropriate way. Like when we, after the the really terrible struggle of a prologue, there's like like there's one throwaway line. Like yeah, it was ten years and blah blah blah. And I was like, that's how you deliver that line right there. That's how you write that shit. Like there's awkward ways to do it, and then there's the way this movie does it, and they did it right. I think there's a lot of that stuff in this movie. I can't remember all of them, but I, that's one of the reasons why I think it holds up is because, for the most part, it's pretty well constructed. Yes, there are moments here and there that are a little bit over, overdone, heavy-handed. The way that she walks into the ball and they have just this like, like music video style cutting of like the jib that moves super fucking fast down while she says some stupid line for the trailer. Some of that's a little bit cheesy, but you know what? In the moment, it kind of works, and I'm fucking here for it. I want to give this movie a 10, but it feels like there's some rough parts that like don't quite deserve the entirety of a perfect film. This movie is fucking great. I loved it when I was a kid. I loved it in the theater. It still holds up. It's super fun. It's a 9.5. That's very, very solid. Ever After is a sweet, frothy twist on the ancient fable led by a solid turn from Star Barrymore. Rotten Tomatoes certifies Ever After, a Cinderella story, as fresh with a 91% tomato meter with an 84% audience score. Hells yeah, man. That's crazy they called out Barrymore over anybody else in the cast. Yeah, no kidding. 
Yeah, you think they would have said something about Angelica Houston. But 25 years out and it's still got an 80-something percent? Like, that's... Yeah. That's actually lower than I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting the audience score to be higher. People like this shit. Appropriately so. So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, uh, or Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? The audience can follow me on Instagram at checkthegate. Griggs, where can they follow you? I'm on Instagram at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can follow me on... Wow, fucking God, I'm, uh, one of these days. You guys can follow me on X at Elkins Edits. And we're going to close out the show tonight with track number 21, because I actually listened to the soundtrack this week, titled... <laughs> Happily Ever After. This is from composer George Fenton. Enjoy. <laughs>